Come with us We're out of place I'm doing fine I'm feeling great You're not my fan You can't relate Straight talk going safe It's not safe Before you cross me Look both ways Leaving the scene With no trace None in my lead You out of place I'm not at the top I'm out of space Can't eat with us We're out of place I'm doing fine I'm feeling great You're not my fan You can't relate Straight talk going State to state Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George Mackay, and I'm back as always. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you so much for checking us out. Hope you hit that subscribe button. And today I got a returning guest, someone who is very much I'm a big fan of. I love this young lady. She's got a, an amount of talent that is unmatched, and she's had a killer 2021, and I know her 2022 is going to be even better. Please help me welcome back the returning head of Big Starks brand, Billy Starks, to Straight Talks Wrestling. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for rejoining me today. As always, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. And man, you have just in the early stages of 2022 and even in the tail end of 2021, you were just lighting it up. Uh, I, I, like I said before the show, I'm so amazed at how far your stars grow. And actually, I'm not amazed. It was it was written in the stars that you were going to kill it. But what a journey you've been on since the last time we spoke. I know it's been kind of crazy and like I feel like I started off the new year so hot and now we have to keep going with that energy. Absolutely and that's why I was like well we got to get her back on because she's hot <laughs> and who else better to help her spread the word than your host your boy you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so talk to me about one thing I got to ask is talk to me about GCW. I mean what an experience that must have been. I heard that locker room is absolutely fantastic. Just a lot of amazing people there wanting to tell good stories, wanting to put on good shows. And how, how was that experience overall? Um, it's been amazing. And uh, I feel like history has like been made, like being able to run in the Hammerstein ballroom. Um, I like leading up to that, my dad and I kept watching One Night Stand. And it was like, oh, this looks different when you're standing in it than on the television screen and seeing all my friends and like other people that were in the locker room, like being able to perform in that. It was just like really, really amazing and uh, shows like how big uh, the Indies truly are and like what we can do. Absolutely. I mean, and it, it how could you not love being in a number one contenders match? And you had some amazing spots in that match. I was thoroughly entertained. But looking back at that match, do you, do you ever go back and rewatch some of your stuff to critique it or just to enjoy it as a fan? I'm going to be honest. I can't enjoy my matches as a fan anymore, but I do go back and like critique myself. Um, but I think it's because I'm so critical of like everything I do. I'm like, oh, that looks so bad. And like everybody else doesn't notice it. But for me, I'm just like, why did I do that? <laughs> so looking back at that match, what was... What was something that you were like, oh, that was that was a sweet spot? Because even though there must be some hard spots, there must be some spots that you might have thought when you were doing it, uh, it didn't come out as strong as I wanted. Then you went back and rewatched and you're like, okay, that that actually worked out way better than I could have expected. Um, so there was like times where I was like, oh no. Uh, like the apron thing with AJ, I felt so bad because I knew that I like clocked him and I was like, oh. AJ's going to kill me. <laughs> um, and then like, I noticed it back and I was like, Oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It was just in the moment. I was like, Oh, I'm sorry, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, at least you thought in the moment you felt you needed to apologize when you went back, you're like, ah, that's okay. He's a tough kid. He can handle it. He can handle it. <laughs> 
But GCW, I mean, the list goes on and on. Another great one I love was that that three-way you had with Masha Slamovich. Oh, my God. I caught clips of that online. And that young lady, she can hit hard. But I, I've never been able to ask too many people on the other end. How is it like taking a shot from Masha Slamovich? I know it must leave an impression. It has to. It has to leave an impression. Um, I actually enjoy it. I think this is like the crazy side of me. Because I feel like when I started wrestling, all of these people were like afraid to hit me because I'm the child, I'm the baby. And then I trained with like mostly guys. So the guys were all like, uh, can I hit her? Yes, you're supposed to hit me. It's wrestling. I can take a hit. Um, so like when Masha did it without like any hesitation, I was like, let's go. This is going to be a good one. It was. It was. It absolutely was electric. I mean, just wa watching you work and the way you tell your stories, it's it's fascinating. And also, too, Big Stark's brand is just killing it. I mean, I had Alex Kane on the show, and every time he is on MLW, he's rocking that knee pad with the with the with the Big Stark's brand on there. Like it's gotta be cool to see your brand kind of getting a lot of, shall we say, international attention, not just from you, but other members of the wrestling community. That's gotta be amazing to see the work that you're putting in paying those kind of dividends. Yeah, it's really crazy because like in my head, I still I don't think I realize how big it is because I'm just like, oh, it's all my friends just wearing like my stuff. <laughs> and it's cool to see like how much it's grown since it first started. And it was out of like just a joke during the quarantine. And now it's like people are asking to be part of this. And I'm like, uh, well, we're just kind of like a thing. We exist. We don't really do anything. <laughs> Well, you may not think you do anything, but like you said, now that people are asking to be a part of it, that's pretty cool. Is there any other big names that we should be expecting to see rocking the, the Big Starks brand? Um, so Michael Bennett is part of it. I don't know how often people have seen that. Um, so he's part of the Big Starks brand. Um, who else have we put in this group? Too many people. <laughs> but like, there's always the OGs like Calvin and coal that you see on gcw um and it just continues to grow and grow and then we have some of the west coast guys it's kind of turned into like a factions like there's factions in bsb so there's like the west coast people and then there's uh like people who have like their own and like bradley and slade have made their own comedic uh bsb group and i was like whatever you guys want to do run with it well, you look, you look um, like you but the, like the West Coast guys are like Nick Wayne and Sonico. Nice, hmm? nice. Yeah, you need some. What you need is some representation from the North. I'll be part of the BSB. I mean, I'm not an active wrestler, but I'll rock the BSB <laughs> brand, no problem. Hey, I'm. Everybody's welcomed. We also have Papa Kinway as the the cook of BSB. Then we have Jonesy as the baker. <laughs> nice. Night. Well, you know what? Like, it doesn't sound like there's enough room in there for me. I mean, I know everybody's welcome, but there's already some pretty big names. I would be, I would be honored to be in that group, but it would be a lot to to hang with all of you guys. That's a lot of pressure, man. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> we can just say it's BSB podcast. You you can run the podcast division. <laughs> Done. It's made official. If you guys are watching this, you saw it. It's it, the CEO of BSB said, "I'm in." So I'm there. Yes. Um, another young lady that I loved a match of yours and I caught some, I caught some stuff on the internet as well. Some clips and stuff like that was when you took on Jody threat. 
Jody Thread is an amazing talent from up here in the north. If anybody doesn't know who she is, look her up. She's another hard hitter. But when you get to mix with different styles, when you get to mix with different wrestlers like that, also international wrestlers like she is coming over, because even though we're just right across the border, still considered international talent. What do you feel? How do you feel mixing it up with talents like that when you don't get to work with them too often? So when you do, it's that little extra special like flavor to it. Yeah, I honestly love that. I've like talked about this a few times. Like every time I get to wrestle like a new opponent, I feel like it's a new challenge for me. And it truly helps me grow as the wrestler because you learn something new from every person you wrestle. Even if it's good or bad, you can just be like, oh, this makes sense. This can help me improve because this is basically like my job. I'm like, this is the thing I love most. Um, So like anything I can do to make it better, it's always great. Um, And wrestling new people, you get so many different opinions. And like you said, even with like her uh, being from across the border, that helps me have more connections for when I do ever want to leave the United States. I can be like, oh, I already know people over here. I can have this connection. Absolutely. And is there, so since we're on that wave, is there any plans of eventually when you are ready to leave the States, do you have any ideas what, what countries you would like to sit, hit first, visit first, put your kind of flag down as, as one to watch and one to look out for? Um, I would love to go to Japan. Japan is like one of the favorite things that I like to watch, like wrestling wise, like Japanese wrestling. Um, that is just amazing. And uh, I actually take Japanese in school. Uh, so I'm in year three of Japanese as my language. And then uh, my game plan is to head over there at some point. We just don't know when, whenever the opportunity arises. But I would also love to go to the UK. Um, I started watching more UK wrestling because uh, my friend Everett Connors went over there. And when Charlie Evans was over here, Uh, I was learning a lot from just being able to have a few matches with her. So I started watching more of like the UK style versus uh, the American. (laughs) Awesome. So you're going to be like super well-rounded to the point where you can mix it up with anybody and everybody. And since you're learning Japanese, I mean, I I would like to learn not the cliche things that we already know, like arigato and all those kind of stuff. But uh, what can, what can you teach me? How do you, okay. How do you say, let's do something simple. How do you say where, is the bathroom is that an easy phrase to teach so i can ask like where the toilet is okay uh because like most of the time like if we're in the classroom it's like can i go to the bathroom um if you want to say like where is the toilet you can say uh toilet wa nani deska toilet wa nani deska did i say did i do okay yeah, I always have a problem with saying toilet, though, because it's toilet. And I always like don't like pronounce the right. Right. Uh, and my teacher is like, try again. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so ja- that's amazing. OK, so what is I mean, you must be you must be a fan of Japanese cuisine as well as the culture, because you seem to be very adverse in the culture. What is like what's the go to meal for you? Japanese wise? Are we talking straight like sushi? Are you a big sushi girl? So I'm actually not a big sushi person. Like I only like certain like types, but uh, there's like, I don't like California rolls. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I did like crab rolls uh, when I tried them. Um, But 
I probably like the favorite thing, like my Japanese class actually has like a cooking uh, thing when we're at home and like online, we were learning how to like cook different uh, Japanese uh, cuisines. And we recently made ginger pork. And I think that's been probably one of my favorites I've made so far. That sounds that sounds phenomenal. It looks like I'm going to have to make my way out to the Big Starks Brand House, get some ginger <laughs> pork. Oh, that sounds good, Billy. That sounds good, man. I like that. I dig that. What um what else? Like, are you still hardcore into Taco Bell? Because I remember when you interviewed when the mini host sat down with you, she asked you five questions. She asked you what like your go to fast food restaurant was if you were coming home from a show or coming home from the gym, and you said Taco Bell. Are are we still solid on a Taco Bell? Or have your taste buds for fast food evolved a little bit? Have you have you gotten something else that you kind of is your go-to now? I'm still a big Taco Bell, but like I would always say that cookout is a close second. Mm. I just love how much food you can get for so cheap. And their milkshakes are honestly really, really good. And I'm a big fan of cheer wine. Okay. Um, and I wish they had it more uh, around where like I live, but it's not like a popular like uh, soft drink. Mm. So, so you only get it. You only get to experience it every once in a while. I understand. Yeah. I it's, it's hard. It's hard out there in these streets to find the things that you love the most. It's hard. It's not, it's not easy. The hustle is, the hustle is strong and, and it's hard out there. I get it. I do get it. Me, I'm not going to lie. I'm classic with my fast food choices. I am a Wendy's junior bacon cheeseburger guy. I like my JBCs. So good. I like chicken too much and Wendy's chicken nuggets are garbage. Okay. Okay. So Billy, then who has the best chicken nugget out there? Fast food wise, who's got the strongest chicken nugget? Ooh. I kind of want to give it to Chick-fil-A. I don't know why. I think it's because it's not as like, like I feel like they don't taste frozen as much. I will get like McDonald's. I would say McDonald's a close second because mm. I feel like theirs is always reliable. Okay. Okay. You know what? I'm not going to debate you on that because I am not a big chicken nugget guy. My girls are connoisseurs though. My daughters are. So I would have to, I, once we're up, I'll have, once we're done here, I'll have to go upstairs and ask the mini host to be like, so this is what Billy Stark says about chicken nuggets. What do you think? And then I know what she's going to say. She's going to say, you message her right now. You get her back on the show. Cause I got something to say about chicken nuggets. She's not going to like it very much. She's not going to like it. So what else could we expect for Billy Starks? I mean, this year, like I said, tail end of last year, I mean, you had matches with Brandon Kirk, Kid Osborne, you faced Austin Luke. You went at Alec Prince. The GCW stuff. The Matt Mowalski match was phenomenal. Jody Threat. Massa Slamovich three ray with Tootie. Like, girl, the the list goes on and on of just who you you've ra- everybody's been racked up. You've knocked them down or you've tangled with them. There really is. Can we expect to see Billy Starks on say an AEW Dark or an AEW Evolution? Has there been has any? interest been peaked from AEW and if you've already been on there then I apologize for not catching it and I'm a horrible person I have to go back and watch it so has there been any interest from AEW um I can't say but I will say that by the end of this year I will be 18 and we'll see what's happening um on that end all right I like it so guys that's not really an exclusive and it's not a rumor mill so let's not start anything we shouldn't be starting but just keep basically what she's saying is keep an eye on your television because by the end of this year we may see the BSB in the AE dubs oh look at that hey that BSB is a I'll yo if you ever make that shirt all I ask Billy is you send one my way that's all I ask we already have Lee Moriarty and Dante Martin on there yeah you one more 
<laughs> That's right. You got Tiger <laughs> style up on there. Man, I got to say, what is the, um, every time you see somebody, let's say somebody you haven't seen in a minute, and there's always like an inside joke or an inside story or memory that you share. What's memory? Mm-hmm. What's one memory you got with like a Lee Moriarty? You haven't seen him in a minute. Oh. I know he's been working a lot at AEW. You got to give me like, you, you got any classic Lee Moriarty stories? It's like a memory. You'd be like, oh, dude, you remember this one time, bro? You remember that one time? So I, I call him P-A-S-K and no one knows what it means. I one day like explained it to him because he was like, uh, why do you keep just putting that hashtag after like everything uh, like you tagged me in and whatever. And I was like, okay, I think it's time. I explain myself. So Lee is just a sweetheart of a guy like inside and outside of rain. He is like the nicest guy you will ever meet. But like, you ever have that feeling like someone is too nice? Mm. Yes. I have like that feeling. I was like, you are a Je- Jeffrey Dahmer. You are a PA serial killer. So that's what it stands for. I'll, he lives in PA. So I said, PA serial killer. That's who you are. And no one understood it for like the longest time. And I was like, you probably have bodies in your basement. No one's ever been over to your house. You travel so much. You can kill people on the road and you're just such a sweetheart. No one would ever suspect you. <laughs> I'm dying right now. My face is beat red. I'm di- Lee Moriarty. <laughs> I don't think about you like that at all, but I'm not going to lie. Tonight <laughs> when I go to bed, I'm going to feel a little uneasy about this part of the conversation. Because you can feel like when I start explaining it, you start to see it and you're like, wait, this kind of makes sense. <laughs> it's like it's like that that moment from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 when Donatello finds a clown. He's like, yeah, 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 it, it, it's, it's right. Yeah, it makes logical sense. He could be a serial killer. <laughs> it's wow. Damn, Billy, you, you changed my perception. What else? You got any, you got any Alex Kane uh, nicknames that you throw? What do you call him? Like the, uh, what do you call him? Like the uh, ATL? Uh, SK? Or what? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't really been around Alex enough to bully him yet. <laughs> so, so the truth be told, Billy Starks is a little bit of a bully in the locker rooms, eh? Oh, absolutely. Like any of like my wrestling family can say this. I'm either like always joking around and messing with them or I'm just bugging them about wrestling stuff. (laughs) Okay. So what's, what's, who's someone other than obviously Lee Moriarty seems to be top list. I mean, you don't get Don the PASK without, uh, you know, really having to be top of Billy's list, but um, who else have you pranked? Who else have you given like, like any of those special kind of nicknames to? Ooh. Uh, I definitely have, uh, messed with, um, Alley Cat or Alley Catch, my bad. I messed with her, like when she first made, made her transition and I was like, oh, so you're just a catch wrestler now. Can we still get the whiskers? And she would get so mad at me. Um, but like, I've known her for so long. Uh, we used to train in Indy all the time. So we have like this in inside joke, like, uh, we'll just say like Uga Booga and it means something to us. Um, so 
there was like the backyard show and I was messing with her. And this is when she first became super serious wrestler. Mm. Um, and she was hanging out and I went like that to her and she did it, but it was like right next to the camera. And she was like, Oh no, did the camera catch me? And I was like, I really hope it did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. The one thing I love about you is that you are so down to earth, so genuine, but when it's game time, it's game time. When it's time to play, it's time to play. Like we could be all smiles. We could be happy to be there. But when it's time to play, it's time to play. Have you ever walked into a crowd or an environment where you felt that you weren't taken seriously till you kind of gave that first shot or that first move? And then the crowd kind of perked up and was like, hold on, this is something we got to pay attention to. Has there ever been a situation like that? Um, I feel like it's not like I'm not getting taken seriously. It's more like they're not paying attention. And I feel like that happens time to time because like shows will run long and the crowd gets tired and stuff like that. So there has been a few times where I'm like, okay, it's time for me to turn on the burners and get everybody back up. <laughs> well, you definitely could do that. Like I say, every time I watch a Billy Starks match, me and the mini host, the whole straight talk family, my wife and my little one as well. We're big fans. Whenever we can catch, we could. And I got to tell you, when you came out at GCW that day, like I watched that pay-per-view and I was so excited and I knew you were going to be on the card. And when I, when I saw you come out that day, I was just like, man, this is, this is a special moment. Did you, did you have time to soak that in? Did you have time to kind of take it out and be like, man, like the Indies can really do a whole lot and just look around. Did you have at least 10 seconds or 15 seconds yourself to just look around and see that crowd and just soak that in? It was crazy because when they first like opened doors, I kept like looking at how many seats and I was like, there's no way. Cause I kept seeing the flyer where it was like sold out, sold out. And it didn't really hit me until like, I'm like standing in the crowd and I'm like looking around and I'm like, they did it. Every city is filled. Every seat has been sold and it's packed to the brim in here. <laughs> It's got to be a surreal moment. Eh? It's got when you like when like, especially considering that GCW is like the new upstart ECW, if you will, like they are their crowd is so into the product. They believe the product. It is the end all be all for some of those GCW <laughs> faithfuls. And I appreciate the product for everything it is because it's entertaining as fuck. It really is. It just <laughs> it changes the landscape so many times. But I mean, to be there on that night, Hammerstone Ballroom wrestling history so many things have happened like how do you i mean how do you from my perspective i i'm not gonna lie i i did i teared up a little bit for, i'm like this is a big moment this is a big big moment mm -hmm. but on your end when you can't soak those moments in and you stay focused did you just when the match was over did you go backstage kind of sit down and was just like wow man hammerstone ballroom wow I actually didn't get to wrestle because of the commission in New York at Hammerstein. So I was watching all my friends wrestle, mm. uh, but it was still like that awestruck moment of like, we did it guys. We're here. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was very, very nice to like be able to see like the growth of that company. I came very late in like the process, but they're still continuing to be better and better. And they're definitely kicking the door down. They're making, they're making people pay attention. That's for sure. They're making people pay attention. So 18 is around the corner. 18 is when we can kind of go full force in this and take BSB international. It's already domestic. It's already domestic. We got to get that thing international. So, I mean, you mentioned Japan, you mentioned the UK, anywhere else on your bucket list. Like, would you like to go out to like Puerto Rico and take a shot in there? Would you, would you also like to come North the border and check us out? 
because we got some, you've already experienced some heavy hitting women over here. You know, you know what these young ladies can do over here. So is, is Canada definitely on the to-do list as well? The whole world is on the to-do list. Like I would love to just experience like everywhere. Cause I know everywhere has a different style for wrestling and there's different opponents for me to wrestle. So to be honest, I would be happy to just travel and continue saying I get to travel the world to do what I love. And the good thing is, is that there are Taco Bells over here. So you'll be okay, Billy. You will be okay Let's over go. here. So, <laughs> we only have one Chick-fil-A right now, but you know what? If I know you're coming to a show down here, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll, I'll wait in those four-hour lineups <laughs> just to get you some, okay? I will. I'll do that for you because that's the type of person I am, okay? I will I will be make sure that we represent and we make Billy feel as home as possible. So world traveled, international connoisseur, but of course, 18 is when the time that contracts and certain things can start to be discussed. I mean, if you can world travel, but also potentially get signed to a big organization, is that something that's on the table as well? Not, not saying that it hasn't already been discussed, but is that something that you, or do you want to travel first, soak in everything that you can first, then get signed? Or if that kind of works the best of both worlds, is that an option as well? I honestly don't know. I feel like uh, I'm one of those people I'll see when I get there uh, because I feel like it's hard to make a decision now on those things if it's truly worth it or not. Um, But like, I truly want to make a living doing this, uh, but I also want to stay happy. And I love having the freedom of being able to travel and take whatever bookings I like, but I would also like a stable income. (laughs) So it is, it is that, it is that fork in the road situation, but I mean, there's no way in hell you're not going to make a living at this. Anybody, again, anybody who doesn't know what you can do in that ring, just, just go watch some of these matches that we've talked about today. Watch all these. I mean, the, even the match with sky blue and uh, Alex Rico, all these matches, like I said, I've been keeping my eye on you and I'm a big fan. And, and I know it's, it's an honor to have you back on the show. Like I said, at the top, because anybody that gives us the time, but if they give us the time the second time around, that means we did something. That means they remembered what straight talk wrestling is about and they enjoy us and they enjoy the conversation that we have. So I know that, I know that the first time around internet connection aside, we had a pretty cool (laughs) conversation. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, but um, talk to me about um, the fact that, uh, you know, balancing school, balancing work, balancing training. I mean, the grind must be even harder now because the bookings keep piling up. So how are you kind of, I don't know, how are you teeter-tottering all this stuff? Because it's got to be so much pressure. I mean, do you sleep or do we just plug you into the wall and let the USB charger take control? Like, how does it work for you? I honestly sleep like a baby most of the time because of how busy I am. Uh, And my friends are like, why did you go to bed so early? And I was like, I was running around all day. Don't worry about it. It's nap time. (laughs) Uh, But I'm very lucky that most of my teachers are very understanding of like my schedule and I'll talk to them. I'm like, I'm pretty stacked right now. I don't know if this is getting done on time. (laughs) And I was like, I can show you what I have done so far, but I'm trying to get it done. And I'm also very lucky. I'm very like smart. I don't want to like brag, but uh, school comes very easy to me. So uh, getting my work done isn't hard. Um, And then I'm lucky that I have a mom and dad who help organize my schedule because of how crazy it is. Um, So I don't have to take the time to do that. And I'm lucky to still like go to the gym right after school, get home, have time for my homework 
okay, now I can go train. And I'm lucky I can still organize all those things with the help of other people. That's great. It's great to have a great support system like that around. And it's not bragging. If school comes natural, that's just another testament to who you are as a person. School comes naturally. I can get it done and crunk it out. But it's awesome to have the, even the teachers as a support system say, listen, I'm not sure this is going to happen when you need it to happen, but it will happen. It will happen. Have you, uh, have you ever had to, like you're at a show and it's like, shit, I forgot to turn this in or I got to finish that part of the assignment. Have you worked on homework in the back while you're getting ready to perform? Has that happened once or twice? Yeah, multiple times. Multiple <laughs> times. There was one show I wasn't on. I just remember that we just finished like a school, uh, school week of like NTI. And I was in Chicago for GCW and I was just hanging out with everybody. And I forgot about the time change because in my head, I thought we were still like a certain time. And I looked and I was like, oh, crap. Because it gave me like an hour warning, like this assignment is due in an hour. And I was like, no, it's doing like another two or something. And I looked and I was like, oh, crap. And I immediately got onto it, turned it in. I was like, oh, that was close. Oh, and there's man. even like the last mania weekend I was on. Um, <laughs> I had NTI that entire week is my last like school week. So my first match is of... Uh, that weekend I was doing school while like calling my matches. I was with sky blue and like Roxy for generation F and we were like calling our match. And I like, uh, my teacher was like, asked me a question. I unmuted and was like, Hey, this is what I'm doing right now. And she was like, Oh, okay. Go back to what you're doing. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'll try to be like present when I can. I love I love this. I absolutely love these stories because you know what? It's that it's that human side of the fact of like, hey, sometimes you got to work on the fly. And that's amazing. Uh, what's the backup plan? Like, I mean, I know you want to do wrestling full time and I know you want to study, but uh, I know you want to steady income flow. But like you said, school comes easy to you. Is there anything else that piques your interest that you're looking to kind of fall back on? Uh, like, you know, law, policing, whatever may have you. Um, so my current plan right now is to go to college for like a business and marketing degree. Um, and then, uh, my senior year, the plan is to get certified for personal training and do that as a job. Cause it works really well with wrestling. Um, so other than that, I like don't really have any other plans. Those are my backup plans. <laughs> Those are great backup plans. You're already a business mogul with the BSB. It's flying high. The flag is flying proudly and flying high for BSB. So business mogul right there, personal training. Like you said, you get to train while training others get healthy and fit. I think it's, there's nothing wrong that I think Billy Starks does. I think, I think you just got a plan in line. You just flow naturally with the plan. I love it. Absolutely love it. I love it. So what is, um, what is traveling like with Billy Starks? Is Billy Starks a morning person? Does Billy Starks need an hour and a half before she really gets up and gets going? Like what? What is a typical traveling date? Like if I was talking to Mouse right now, if I was talking to your pops and I said, what's what's Billy like traveling with? What would, what would his answer be? What's his honest answer? The worst. <laughs> I get so comfortable in the car. I'll kick off my shoes and I'm chilling in my socks and I have to bring my blanket everywhere with me. I have like this childhood blanket and uh, like... I will, if Mouse is driving, I feel so safe. So I'm like, oh, I'll just go to sleep and I'll be snoring just out. 
Um, and then when we do stop, I will always get Slim Jims and I love like pickled sausages and they stink so bad in the car and Mouse hates it. <laughs> yeah, those don't, those don't sound, are they pickled in like different like flavor types? They're like spicy, uh, like sausages and it's like pickled. Oh. I enjoy it. They're good. You got to try one. Uh, they're called Big Mamas. Big Mamas. And yeah, they're, I would suggest not going with the super spicy ones. Start off like mild. Okay. Start off mild and work your way up from there. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nice. Uh, I, I Myself and my body type, right after eating even the mild one, I'd probably have to crack a window because I know exactly what would happen about 15, 20 minutes later. <laughs> I know this. I know this. I know this for sure. What about if you're traveling with other wrestlers? What would they say about you? Would they say Billy Starks is still the worst? Or are you talkative in the car? Are you always exchanging ideas or or soaking up as much knowledge as you can? Um, so I would say like uh, when I'm told to like keep the other person awake, my usual game is I'll play this question game. And I kind of stole it from like uh, there's like this brand that I follow um, on Instagram and it's called We're Not Really Strangers. And they ask like a bunch of like crazy questions, but they also ask like a bunch of deep ones. So I'll like play that game with people. It's basically like 21 questions, but cooler. <laughs> hmm. um, so I always do that and I will like learn a lot about people. And I feel like that makes it like a better car drive because it's like, oh, I'm starting to get to like really know this person outside of a wrestling ring. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. I may have to adapt that into a shorter version for my show. Of course, I do have a new game that I would like to play with you because last time we played, you know, yes or no. But now I've got a game I call Forced Mount Rushmore where I pick five wrestlers and you have to rank them on your Mount Rushmore. And it's forced because I select them for you. And you may not even be a fan of four of them. So this is going to be exciting when we get to the end of this one. But um, in terms of things that haven't been conquered yet that you're looking towards as we get to that 18th birthday, as we get to the end of this year, where we figure out what the next phase is in Billy Starks' career thus far, is there any upcoming things, like this is going to drop in March, so is there any upcoming things in the tail end of March, you would say, that you might like to promote or any shows you're going to be at? Uh, see, I don't know what is surprises and what's not, so if they just want updates for that, they're going to have to go check the, the uh, my my social media words are hard sometimes. Words are hard sometimes. <laughs> oh man. So other than Japanese in school, are you taking any other languages or what, what else interests you in school? I know you said school comes easy, but what are some subjects that you do look forward to when you go to school? You're like, all right, cool. Today, you know, I got math or I got history. Like what is another class that Billy Starks does enjoy other than learning Japanese? Uh, so like my school schedule, I always say like, I have all my boring classes first. And then when I get to like the end of my day, I get to have all like my fun. Cause I go from Japanese to weightlifting and I really enjoy weightlifting. Um, it's like a nice break from like learning throughout the day. I'm like, I can just focus and like actually stretch my body. I feel like I get stuck in a seat and I'm like, Oh, Oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> So what are what are boring classes? Like we talk to the typicals, like your geographies, your histories, your maths, science, like I these are the boring hate, classes. I hate IB literature. It is uh English class, but it's the most boring English class. Like he tries, my teacher tries really hard to make it fun, but I 
I'm one of those people. Like I enjoy reading very like sci-fi and like fantasy books. This is there right now we're reading Russian short stories and it's all like very political. And then uh, there's a lot of like sub uh, subtitle like themes and you're supposed to figure that out. And I was like, no, this is not fun. We did read one cool like book this year and I actually enjoyed it. But like any of the other units, I was like, this book sucks. And then the teacher would be like, I understand that it might not be all of our favorites, but we still need to be able to analyze it. <laughs> That's awesome. When a teacher's honest like that, just listen, I know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. I agree. But let's just <laughs> let's soldier through. Let's get it done. You mentioned sci-fi fantasy. So, I mean, I'm I'm also a big, I enjoy my sci-fi, I enjoy my fantasy. Uh, I have certain writers for different genres. Like I love sci-fi thriller or even horror. So Dean Koontz is someone I rank very high for stuff I enjoy. Uh, also, I'm not going to lie, you're talking about fantasy. I was a big fan of Lord of the Rings. I was a big fan of The Hobbit. Those are type of books that I gravitate towards still to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is, like, what is a Billy Stark's, what's a recommendation from the Billy Stark's book club? That could be pretty cool. You can start a YouTube channel, the Billy Stark's Book Club. That could be pretty cool, uh, not gonna lie. So, ooh, I've never been asked a question like this. There's one uh, that comes to my comes to my head. It's called Ironheart. It's a very, like, you think someone's a hero when they're not. Um, and it was very interesting to read. Um, and then I've been... Re- reading another one called the siren's tale um and it has a lot of like that uh like very sci-fi esque, but it also has like that love story and complicated things going on yeah no i i know the siren's tale i actually do enjoy that book as well so you know what billy i think you and i uh, i think you and i just reached a, a pinnacle of of of, <laughs> of, of pure now 150 percent respect i respected you 100 percent, but now i'm giving you the extra 50 I'm giving you the extra 50 because you recommended Siren's Tale. So that's a good call. Good call. So that was the first edition, guys, of the Billy Starks Book Club. So recommendations to follow. Uh, maybe every Tuesday or every other Tuesday, Billy will drop a, a favorite classic. What about children's books? Like, what about children's books, Billy? Everyone's got a favorite childhood book. I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. I was definitely like a rainbow fish type of person growing up. Like it, that was very like early childhood. If I had to choose like another one where I was like fifth or sixth grade, it was like the series with the mouse. I don't remember the name of it, but like it, his name started with a G and I just remember like the series of those books in my uh, elementary school, like library. And it was so good. And I'm sad I can't remember them. I remember the books because they had like cute little maps in the back of like where he traveled to, like the entire story. And I always thought it was like, oh, this is interesting. Right on. For me, uh, when I was younger, like kindergarten, JKSK type deal, I was a big Robert Munch guy. So, you know, I'll love you forever. I'll love you for always uh, was definitely one that I loved. But also, too, uh, I was a big fan of Mortimer's snow or Thomas's snowsuit and Mortimer. Those are classics for me. Like Ching Chang, Walla Big Bang. I don't know if you know those books at all. Robert Munch, those no. pretty solid. It's pretty solid. Uh, as I got older, I would have to say that's when I gravitated towards like graphic novels and comic book. So The Killing mm-hmm. Joke, uh, uh, the Joker graphic novel, that's a solid one. And then uh, as I got older, like high school stuff, that's when I started getting into like Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. So yeah, 
See? I'm not just a pretty face or an intellectual. I read as well. Reading is important, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, remember that. Reading is important. Reading is fun. And what about we never talked about this, Billy? But what is um, what is Billy Starks's like go-to movie? Like, if you're at a hotel room in between oh. shows. What's Billy Starks's go-to movie? I never asked this, that but I feel like easy. we're playing 21 questions now. <laughs> Heather's is my favorite movie of all time. Really? And I have had a lot of people like question it. They're like, why? And I was like, because it's just good. I enjoy it. Hmm. Heather's. All right. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I don't mind Heather's. I mean, croquet stuff gets a little weird for me. I mean, the, 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 the croquet, <laughs> it's very, it's a very oddball, dark comedy, but I appreciate it. I do. Um, when you're talking to me about my all-time favorite one, if you want to know, uh, my all-time favorite movie would probably have to be anything mafia-styled. Really, I'm all about it. But really, uh, yeah, I like I like my gangster flicks. I like my gangster <laughs> flicks for sure. Uh, the Godfather Part Two ranks pretty high on my list, but also I'm a big Tarantino like freak. So Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction is like the shit for me. That is like, if anybody says to me you want to watch Pulp Fiction, could be one in the morning. Yes, yes, I do. I've actually never watched The Godfather, and this like popped up the other day because uh, my boyfriend is Italian, and he's apparently also never watched The Godfather, so he was getting yelled at about that. <laughs> I, if he was here right now, I'd be like, listen, man, you're going to sleep with the fishes. You don't watch this movie, okay? You don't watch this movie. They're going to find you with cement shoes at the bottom of a lake somewhere, okay? You got to pay respect to your... Listen, I'm half Italian, and I know you have to pay respect to your heritage. And a lot of the times, all we really have to go on being Italian is great food, great soccer, great culture, but also we have a dark side. We we pretty much own the ma mafia, mafioso. It's Italian, the word alone. Like, come on. I'm very upset right now. Billy, I don't think this young man is good for you. I think you should move on. That's what I think. <laughs> But that's so did you guys finally watch it or did you just get yelled at and not watch it? So it's on like the watch list. We have like a bunch of movies that we plan on watching because okay. his favorite movie was Carrie and I've never watched Carrie before. So we watched that first because I'm the worst. <laughs> oh, Carrie is okay. He gains a little bit of respect back for Carrie. All right. I, I, I'm okay. I'm a little <laughs> bit okay redeemed. with it. He's redeemed. Yes, that's right. Good word. He's been redeemed. He's been redeemed, but not by a long shot because he still doesn't watch Godfather Part One. Don't worry about so much about Part Three because Part Three is not very good. But One and Two, perfection, perfection in movie making, one hundred and fifty percent, hundred. Everybody that has like explained the Godfather has been like, "Don't watch Part Three. It's not. Don't worry about that one." And I was like, "Dang, what did Part Three do to you guys?" <laughs> Part three ruined the story. I'll be completely honest because part three was filmed like a good 10 to 12 years after part two. So there was a lot of steam behind the movie was gone. And then they also did some horrible casting like uh, Francis Ford Coppola cast his own daughter to play Michael's daughter. And she's not very good. So at the end of the movie, something happens to her. And when it happens, you're like, thank God. Thank God it happened. Because if if they didn't do it, I would have done it. I would have done it myself. I would have. I would have. Horrible. She's a great director, Sofia Coppola. Now she's done some great movies like The Virgin Suicides uh, and, uh, you know, so, some other great ones who I can't really think of. She is a good director. But don't ever step in front of the camera again because she couldn't. Listen, a, me watching a tree grow for a thousand years would have been more entertaining than Sofia Coppola's acting in The Godfather Part Three. <laughs> 
It's the truth. It's the truth, Billy. So that's that's the big thing. Also, Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia is not very good in this movie. He's good in some movies, but not in this one. Not in this one. This was there's I the, I could really go on and on for just don't watch part three, Billy. Just don't do it. Don't watch. It. Don't watch it. Don't watch part three. Okay. It's like Die Hard four or five. You don't really need Die Hard 4 or 5. You just do 1, 2, and with a vengeance. That's it. Leave the trilogy as it is. You don't end it with Samuel Jackson. That's what we need to. We don't need to go into uh, 4 and 5. They're not good. They're not good. It's not good. It doesn't work. What about what, what other movies? Like, what did you like horror movies other than Carrie? Like, yes, I've actually watched the new Scream. I really enjoyed that. Okay. okay. Um, so I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, um, but I was really invested in like the plot and I felt like how they developed it in the movie. I was like, even if you're not like, if you don't watch like all the screen movies, you can still watch that one by itself and it makes sense. Okay. We just actually started showing the mini host, the scream. So we got through all four and I'll be honest with you after the second one, I wasn't really invested anymore because they killed my favorite character off. Okay. And you know exactly who my favorite character was. They once Jamie Kennedy was killed off, even though he came back in the third one for like five minutes, the second one always holds a special place in my heart because right before he gets dudded, gutted, sorry. He remember he does that long elongated fuck you. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> I just love that. I love that part. Billy Loomis, Billy Loomis was a fucking psychopath. And then the band is got done. I love it. I do. I do enjoy. I love the way he dies. But once they got rid of him and the franchise I lost a lot of steam for me, it did. It, it just, it, it hurt. It hurt a lot. They honestly make fun of like the entire Scream franchise mm-hmm. in the last movie. And I thought it was hilarious because I was like, they know they made a mistake. So they're just running with it now. <laughs> Well, that's good. Listen, if you can make a movie and look at yourself and laugh, that's when you know it's good times. So I will be checking mm-hmm. out the new screen based off your recommendation. Alone. Look at that, Billy. You sold me on a new screen. Round of applause. Round of applause. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Before we shout out the socials, uh, would you like to play uh, the game I was describing to you, Forced Mount Rushmore? Oh, okay. I'm down. Do I just have to do like one through five, like where I rank them? Exactly. So I'm going to pick five random wrestlers. I'm going to try for different errors, but sometimes the errors kind of mash. I'm going to pick five random wrestlers and you got to tell me where you rank them one to five. You don't have to give me an explanation. You could just say, I put this one five, this one, one and so forth. So here's my five wrestlers from the, you know, eighties. I'm going to give you macho man, Randy Savage from the nineties. I will give you my favorite triple H. Uh, from the 2000s, I will give you John Cena. From 2010, I will give you, uh, let's say, a um, somebody who really, in my terms, elevated themselves in 2010, that 2010 to 2020 era. I will give you Brock Lesnar's kind of first run in WWE type style, which okay. is actually more 2002, 2003, but whatever. I'll give you Brock Lesnar. And then rounding out number four, somebody who I, I really can't get invested in as a character or a person Cody Rhodes. So those are the five that I am giving you. So who are you ranking one to five? No explanation needed. Just give me the numbers. Okay. I'm going to go Brock, John Cena, uh, Macho Man, Cody, Triple H. Okay. Okay. No explanation needed. I'm a little bit, a little bit hurt on Triple H, but I understand. I get it. No harm, no no foul. No, reverse. Triple H is number one. I did least to best. 
Oh, okay. Then I love. Then we're good. Okay, perfect. Well, Triple <laughs> H is one, and boom is and Brock Lesnar's five. I like that. I'm okay with that. I accept that. I think your Mount Rushmore solid, and it's basically a very simple game. Force Mount Rushmore. All I do is pick them for you, and you rank them. So you did a great job, Miss Billy Starks. This has been a great conversation. Number two. Uh, there will definitely be a three, possibly a four. I'm going to keep you coming back as long as you're gracious enough to return. But for anybody who doesn't know anything about BSB and where they can find all the wonderful things that is Billy Starks, please shout out your socials for the world. Um, all of my social media is at Billy Starks, B-I-L-L-I-E. And then Starks is S-T-A-R-K-Z. I mess everybody up with that Z and then the I-E. <laughs> You do. The first couple times when I try to track you down, even looking you up online, I was like, why is it not coming up? Why can't, oh, is I E oh. Z? Oh, yeah, there it is. All right, well, I cannot wait until the clock runs out and we hit 18, because I know the sky's the limit. Like I said, we here in the North and the Mackay family and the Straight Talk family, we support Billy Starks. And as often as we can see you, we will watch you. And I hope one day that we can actually see each other in person. And I hope it's well past COVID so we can give each other a little <laughs> fist pump and a hug. And I could buy a BSB shirt and then I could be, I remember guys at the beginning of this episode, she said, I am now running the podcast division. I am taking applications and I will run them through <laughs> the CEO of BSB to see if we're worthy, but uh, yeah, get your applications in now and I'll let Billy know uh, exactly um, who I think can represent the rest of the podcast community as a member of the BSB. Cause I am, and that's sweet. Billy Starks. Thank you again so much, my dear, for being on the show. You're a blast. Guys, you already know my socials, but the link tree is in the bio. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace, none in my leave. You out of place, I'm not at the top, I'm outer space. Any with us, we're out of place. I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great. You're not my fan, you can't relate. Straight Talk going state to state